excited about all what God has in store. It's 4th of July, so happy 4th of July to you. I'm excited that today we celebrate the independence of our country. And I'm excited that, you know, last month we got to celebrate Juneteenth, and it became a national holiday. Give a horn blow for that. One of the overlooked, but one of the most necessity holidays in our country. But, you know, during this last month's span, and even today, you know, we are acknowledging, looking at, and remembering and celebrating what has happened and what God did in this country years and years ago. And I'm so grateful that we live in America and we're free. But today is the start of more than just a 4th of July. I believe today is the start of a revival that's about to take place in the Victory Church. And I don't believe it's just a revival to take place in the Victory Church. I believe, honestly, in the Spirit, there's a revival taking place around the world, and it's beginning today. If you listen to any of the prophetic voices around the country, you know, a lot of them have said a lot of wild things over the last year, and a lot of people are waiting to see things happen. As a matter of fact, there's several of them today saying there's about something, something's about to happen. They've been prophesying over the last three, four months, even last month. Ken Christmas began to prophesy the whole Father's Day service at his church. He stepped on stage. Spirit of prophecy hit him. And he prophesied for over an hour of all that God was about to do. And one of the amazing things there was, they said, the, the word out, if, you, if you're in the prophetic circles right now, the word is, there's going to be something happen on the 4th of July. Guess what today is? Today is the 4th of July, and I am set. My heart, my faith is that God's about to do something. And so I'm here today, and I've counted a privilege and an honor. I tell you, I got a, there's a lot of places I'd rather be a, probably the prettiest woman preacher on the planet is preaching at the Eldorado campus today, and I don't ever miss a chance to go watch her preach. And I truly, when I say watch her preach, that's what I usually do. Because she's so pretty, I don't even usually hear half the things she says. Jennifer's preaching at the Eldorado campus today. So I just usually go wherever she's preaching and just watch. And my jaw still drool after 16 years of marriage. But um, what we're doing here today is, I believe we are kickstarting. There's about to be a stirring in the Spirit. And so today what I really want to do is I want to take a minute and talk about what it's going to take for the Victory Church to be a part of the revival that God's about to kick off and start. If I had to title this message anything, I would have to title it The Heart of Revival. Because, see, revival's not a church service, and revival's not a series of events or speakers that we bring in. Revival's not a religious activity. And you know, I want to tell people this. Revival's not a hard thing. A lot of times, anybody would want you to con- convince you that... For there, to take, for there to be a revival to take place, it's got to be a hard thing. You know, you've got to really toll in the Spirit, and you've really got to pray this thing in, and you've really got to really do, you've got to become more spiritual, honestly, than most of us live in a natural day. And the truth is this, that's not what revival is. Revival is a heart issue, and it will always be a heart issue. You can never have revival unless the issues of the heart are dealt with. And I truly believe that it is always God's purpose and always His 
want and desire for revival to be poured out on his people. The problem is a lot of times it's because we have made revival so many different things in history. We have put the title of revival on top of past experiences or we have put the revival on top of maybe different ideas or different concepts that we've built on. We can truly miss what God's revival for us really is. So today, I want to take just a minute. not going to take long. As a matter of fact, y'all don't have long uh, in these services to just lay out maybe a little bit more understanding and maybe open the door. And maybe create an atmosphere for God to begin a spiritual revival here. I want to read a scripture for you real quick, if that's okay. It's in Psalms 85, verse 6. And it says this, Won't you revive us again, so your people can rejoice in you? I want you to know something. Revival is an exciting, and a revival is a powerful, is a, is a reason to rejoice. After 2020, i got to be honest with you, it's kind of hard to find reasons to rejoice. The world's changed. We've lost loved ones. You've been through hell, and you're still standing. And it seems like the enemy would love for you to think this. In Daniel chapter 7, verse 25, it says that he, being a lowercase h, representation of the spirit of the Antichrist, it says he will speak words of the Most High against the Most High. One translation says, and he will lie about who and what God is. And so what a lot of us have been feeling, hearing, going through is lies that the enemy has set in before us saying, you know what, all this is happening and I'm just glad God's keeping us still standing or keeping us afloat. God has more for you than keeping you standing and keeping you afloat. But it says this, he sent words against the Most High to make them think or they said he sent words to get the Most High. Number one, it says in the King James Version, to wear the saints out. How many of you guys have felt well worn out this year? Blow your arm. If you, if you just worn out, I mean, work, stress, COVID, church. I tell you, church has been more work this year than any other year we've ever had. I mean, you guys are ready to go back inside. I mean, you're tired of, tired of the way things have been and what the enemy tried to do to make things the way they are. But I'm here to tell you, every thought that you have against what God is doing, the Bible says it comes from the spirit of the Antichrist. And this is what it says. The reason why he gives you those thoughts is to wear the saints out. Are you feeling worn out? I tell you, he's pretty good at his job, isn't he? I don't know how many days I'll wake up in the morning, I'll get out of bed, and I'm already worn out before my feet hit the ground. The devil's good at what he does. But I'm here to tell you this, God's better at bringing revival than the devil is at wearing his saints out. Then that scripture says, to change the times and the seasons. The devil would absolutely love right now to change this time from being a revival moment in this church, in your life, in your family, and in history. He wants to change the time. If he can get you to stay worn out, you'll stay convinced that the devil, God's not doing anything and the devil is doing everything. I'm here to tell you, God is doing things and he's about to do something for you in a new way starting today. This is what the Bible says, to change the times and the seasons. This is a season. When it's talking about seasons in the Bible, the Bible says there is a law called the, the law of harvest season. 
The law of sowing and reaping. I want you to know something. You that have held faithful through all that you've been going through, you have been sowing, you have been sowing, you've been sowing faithfulness. I'm here to tell you, if you don't allow the enemy to wear you out, make you think that the times have changed, that God doesn't do what He's always done, and you don't allow Him to rob you of this season, your sowing season will absolutely have to become a season of harvest. And it begins today. Today is the start of what God has been wanting to do in your life. You want me to tell you why I know it's God's season for you? Because you've been desiring that thing to happen. The Bible says that He gives you the desires of your heart. Before God ever can begin to move in your life, He first has to move in your heart. The Bible says that He gives you the desires of your heart. You say, well, Cricket, I've been desiring this. I've been desiring healing. I've been desiring wealth. I've been desiring... But you haven't got it because it starts in the heart. Everything starts in the heart. Everything's connected back to a heart issue. And the Bible says, I will give you the desires of your heart. Before you ever possess what you want from God in your hand, you have to recognize that God has put a desire in your heart for this thing to begin to change and this thing to begin to be different. And He says, I will give you the desires of your heart. So let me give you a check real quick. Let me let you know. Let me give you the test to see whether God is about to do something in your life. How many desire for God to do a miracle, heal, set free, deliver, save a family member, or cause healing in your body? Is that there? Is that in your heart? If it is in your heart, then that is proof that it's only now a matter of time before you will possess it in your hand. Because God don't ever give anything without purpose. And if the desire is there, God's about to do something for you. This is what it says. Won't you revive us again so your people can rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I listen carefully to what God, what God, the Lord, the Lord is saying. For He speaks peace to His faithful people. I declare right now that God is speaking Peace in the middle of your storm. Another sign that revival is about to take place is it starts first with the desire because everything is a heart issue. Secondly, what begins to take place is you find peace in your heart. Jesus was able to sleep on a boat in the middle of a storm not because He had peace in His circumstances because there was no peace anywhere on the outside of Him. As a matter of fact, the Bible says the disciples were freaking out. The storm was so great they thought they would die. But the Bible says Jesus was in the rudder of the boat sleeping. See, if you don't revival, it first starts with there's got to be peace on the inside of you before there will ever be peace on the outside of you. Because there is a condition of revival that has to start in the heart. And it says this, Surely His salvation is near to those who fear Him. So our land will be filled with His glory. Unfailing love and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth springs up from the earth. It says, And righteousness smiles down from the heavens. Yes, the Lord pours down His blessings. Are you ready for a pouring? I tell you what, there are blessings that I know God has for us. I know that God has for this church. I know God has for you individually. And He says He will begin to pour them out on us. And it says, Righteousness goes as a herald before Him, preparing the way for His steps. I want to talk real quick about where and how this scripture came about and where it was written. You know, most theologians believe this Psalms was penned during a time when the Jewish people had been held under captivity for 70 years 
Over 70 years, the, the Israelite, the Jewish people have been held under captivity by the powers of the land. The Babylonian Empire had enslaved them, took them over. But the Bible picks up and it says this, that God delivered them. Now, I want you to understand something. God delivered them then, and they had no way for their situation to change. The Jewish people didn't have an army to fight their way free. They didn't have the money to buy their way free. They didn't have the negotiation skills or the influence to get people to help them out of their situation. They were in a situation that only God could move on their behalf and change and move them to a place of captivity to complete deliverance. I don't know about you, but I've been there. I've been. Well, I didn't have enough money to fix my problems. I didn't have enough hope to fix my problems. I didn't even have enough prayer time to fix my problems. But God delivered me anyway. How many of you guys are so proud that the hand of God can deliver you no matter what your circumstances is? You have been through a lot, and I'm here to tell you, the only reason why you're still standing is because God's delivered you. Supernatural deliverance. You still serve a supernatural God that can supernaturally deliver you. But the problem with this here is this. They were supernaturally delivered. They made it. They made it through. They were still alive. And even though they'd made it, they were still there, and God moved on their behalf. He got them out of what they were in. They were still lacking something. How many of you guys would be here today and be honest and say, you know what, I'm saved, but I still got issues. The truth is this. A lot of times we want to tell people, you know, give your heart to the Lord and everything changes. It does. But i got to be honest with you. You can be delivered and still struggle. You can be delivered and still fight depression. You can be delivered and still be battling health. You can be delivered and still be broke. You can be delivered and still be battling family issues and crisis and marriage issues. But a lot of times what happens is Christians come in and the hand of God removes them from what it is that the enemy had tried to use to destroy them in their life, saves them, places them in a place, but yet they're delivered, but they're still in trouble. How many of you say today, hey, Cricket, I'm saved, but I still got some trouble. I still got some things. You know, aren't you so glad that you serve a God that don't give up on your kids even when they struggle? You know, I got a God that He saved me. The Bible says He came to give life. Man, I'm so glad God saved me. But I'm so glad God didn't give up on me when I was in the middle of trouble even though I was saved. You know, I got, I got kids. How many of you guys got kids today? You know, how many of you guys still love your kids even though they struggle? You know, I love my kids, and i got to be honest with you. They struggle. They struggle at school. They struggle getting along. Some days they struggle just being happy. Some days they struggle just being happy that I'm their dad. But I tell you this, they may go through a lot. They may not even do everything right. But I'm not never giving up on those kids, and we serve a God that don't give up on you. You may be here today, and you're saying, Cricket, I am struggling. I'm here to tell you. Your God, let me tell you, you know, my kids may go through things. They may struggle through a lot. But I can say it, but you better not. Because I'm from Arkansas. So I can go ghetto and hood on you at the same exact time. That don't bother me a bit. You talk about my kids, I'm on your head. Now, I can talk about them because the truth of reality is this. They struggle. But I don't give up on them. You may be struggling and your God has not given up on you. As a matter of fact, your God will never give up on you. You may say, Cricket, you don't understand. I don't deserve revival because I got this in my life. You need to understand, you don't deserve to be saved, but He did that too already. So although you're saved, now all we got to do is get revival because we pick these people up, the Jewish people here, and it says in history, it says they were delivered. The hand of God removed them, plucked them out, 
brought them to a place where they could not get themselves. And then this is what the Bible says. The Bible says they still began to pray, revive us again, O Lord. They were delivered, but they were still lacking. They were delivered, but they still needed something. Because I want you to know something. You can be saved and still have heart issues. They were taken out of slavery, but they didn't change the mentality of slavery. But they knew this, that God did not bring them this far to take them back again. So if they could look to God, even though they had been through what they, they know God existed, only God could have done what He did in their life. They knew that God had more for them. Because it doesn't say that God just came to give life. Since He can give life and life more abundantly. I'm here to tell you, God's beginning something today. It's beginning a thing in this church. Beginning something in your life. And it all starts with the heart issue. It all starts. The word revival means to bring back to consciousness. To, to bring back to life. To bring to another state of being. To better the current circumstance and situation that you are in to another current situation or circumstance that you desire. Are you ready to be revived? I don't know about you, but I'm ready. I'm ready to be excited to serve the Lord again. I'm ready to be excited about what God's doing in my family again. i got to be honest with you, through this last year, there was, I never gave up on being saved. But I did get to a place sometimes where I was tired of doing what it is we were doing and I was sick of the devil doing what he was doing to me every day. I was in a place where I needed to come to that I needed a revival. I needed life back into the places that I knew that God could be in. i got to be honest with you, I married the most beautiful woman in the planet. She is amazing. And I can remember the day I got married. I could not believe she wanted to. But I'm going to be honest with you too. There were some days that I woke up thinking, how in the world did I get in this situation? I'm going to be honest with you. She hadn't done anything but get better every day since I was married. What happened was I'd allowed my heart issues and my heart situations to get to a place where I was married, but I was not revived. Do you need a marriage revival today? Do you need a prayer revival today? Do you need a, a dream to revival today? Is there an area in your life that you know it should not be this way? You're saved, you're delivered, but there's a part of your life that you know God wants better for you. That's the area that God needs revival in your life. And I'm here to tell you this. There's no trouble that can stop God doing a revival. Can I read your scripture real quick? You might be in marriage trouble, money trouble, health trouble, wealth trouble. You might be in, you know, mental trouble. You might be in joy trouble today. But this is what it says. It says, Psalms 34, 19. It says, the righteous person faces many troubles. Now, isn't that an exciting scripture? Don't that just pump you up and get you all excited about what God has for you? When I read that scripture, I think, Lord, I got saved to fix this stuff. But it says that many are the troubles of the righteous. But then stop there. Let me finish what the Bible says. It says, but the Lord comes to rescue you each and every time. Aren't you glad you serve a God that will revive you even in the midst of trouble? So I want to jump right into it. We've got just a couple minutes. And if I had to title this one, it is a heart of revival. What it takes because, see, God would revive you at any minute if your heart issues could be dealt with. You know, um, the word revive means to live again. 
The word, everything goes back to the heart. Like it says, it gives you the desires of your heart. This is what the Bible says in 1 Samuel 16. It says that the Lord looks at the heart, not at the outward of man. I'm here to tell you, everybody in your life may be looking at what's going on on the outside of you. God's not concerned about any of that. Because just like He delivered the Jewish people there, He can change your situation in just a minute. What He's waiting on, He's waiting on for the heart to begin to do things again. He's waiting for the heart to begin to remove its issues and position itself. And so the Bible says this. It's such an issue that the Bible says that the man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. It all, your whole direction of your life comes down to a heart issue. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Above all, guard your heart. Your heart is the very thing that could suck us. It says out of it flows the issues of life. You know, a lot of times we we got all these hand issues or health issues or bank account issues. But I'm here to tell you, if you will just focus in on the heart issues, man, revival will come. Life will begin to breathe back in those areas that you so desire them there. And you know that God wants to do it because the desires of your heart are for Him to do it. So I want to deal with why God hasn't done it yet. What do I need to do to get these things to take place? And so we want to move into how to deal with heart issues. If I were to take somebody up here today and I were to take the breath out of them, they would collapse, they would hit the ground, and they would begin to move into, you know, um, culinary, pul- uh, sorry, big word, i got to pronounce it. They, uh, cardinary, pulmonary, cardinal, they have a heart attack, they would hit the ground. That's what we're going to do. But... To fix somebody, if there's somebody that's unconscious, somebody not breathing, somebody not moving, somebody in a state of comatose situation here on this stage, what I would first begin to do is move into a process called CPR. Now, I'm not a medical expert. That stands for cardiopulmonary resuscitation. That's a big word, and it's hard for me to read it, but... I've changed the definition to that today to, I would look at them and say, they need a complete Pentecostal revival. So I want to take you through a few steps this morning because CPR, actually in the natural, if physically somebody's having an issue, physically there would be things that I would need to do to bring them out of the state that they're in. But you need to know this, if you allow yourself to stay in that state too long, you will die. If you're here this morning and your life is in a unconscious state, you don't have any life in it, you don't have a lot of time. You need to get your heart issues dealt with so that God can breathe life back into that marriage. That's why we have Christians still divorcing in the church today. If you're in a money situation, you need a heart issue change. That's why the Bible says that your heart, that treasure, uh, that your heart is connected to your treasure. So where your heart is, your treasure is. Everything that comes back to what God is doing in your life comes back to a heart issue. Now, I'm not a medical expert, so if you work in the medical field, you say, Cricket, you're doing that wrong. I apologize up front. I've not been to CPR training. I know how to Google. That's what I know how to do. So I can Google the steps of CPR. So I've got, I asked Miss Charlotte to bring us a, um, a, a volunteer to help us go through a couple steps today on how to deal with our heart issues at the very beginning of this revival so that we can see God do something in our life. We have a CPR dummy. 
I don't know about you, but a lot of times in my life, I felt like I was a CPR dummy because God would be trying to deal with something in my heart, but I was so stupid that I thought it was everything going on on the outside, so I wouldn't let Him move into it. So I want to real quick maybe open your eyes up to why God hadn't moved for you yet and give you the decision to choose today that summer revival begins in my family now, summer revival begins in my job now, summer revival moves into my life now. We have a dummy here now. What they say is this. When you, when you look up how to, how to perform CPR, there are several steps that go into place. And this is the first step in CPR. It says you must remove any obstacle blocking the airway. You will not revive if you have an obstacle blocking the airway. If you can't breathe, you can't live. And here I'm here to tell you, a lot of us are not receiving or moving into spiritual revival because we've allowed the enemy to convince us that it's okay to let things get in the path of the airway that God is trying to breathe into your life. Sin don't revive. Sin brings death is what the Bible says. And I'm here to tell you, there's no other way to say it. And you say, well, Cricket, what is sin? Sin is anything that the Holy Spirit has been kind, touching, talking to you about to get out. The Bible says, him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. But I'm here to tell you, you are not living if you're living in sin. As a matter of fact, the Bible says it's only a matter of time before you move into a place of complete heart, attack you into complete heart failure. Because sin brings forth death. So the first thing you got to do is you got to remove anything blocking the airway. I'm here to tell you, the Holy Spirit right now in your car, wherever you're seated, if there is an area like that, you can tell by how He's beginning to touch you in your heart area at this moment. You can feel it. Thar's tugging, saying, you know what? I want you to get this out because I want you to live again. I want you to get this out. You know, there's a, it's amazing. You know, uh, I heard a preacher tell this story and I'm going to tell it. Jennifer told me not to, but I'm going to tell it. I heard a preacher tell this story one time. He said that he was sitting in a restaurant and there was a guy sitting at a table and he was eating a steak and all of a sudden he started choking and he was choking. He couldn't, steak had lodged in his throat and he couldn't get it out. And so he said, the preacher jumped up and he said, you know, his mom always told him that if you ever see anybody choking, you do the honey lick maneuver. And so he jumped up and he ran over to the table, grabbed the guy, jerked him up to the table, jerked his pants down, stuck his tongue on the bottom of his butt cheek. And, said, <laughs> and when he did, that guy jumped up and spit that steak as far as he could. Turned and said, what are you doing? He said, my mom said I'm supposed to do the honey lick maneuver. And he said, no, it's not the honey lick maneuver. It's the Heimlich maneuver. And he got it all wrong. But he still got the right expression that he needed. I'm here to tell you this. You may feel stupid. You may think you got a right to keep that thing in your life. You may think we're doing it all wrong. They don't have it. I'm here to tell you. It ain't about how you do it. It's about getting it out. And if you'll let the Holy Spirit get that out of your life right now, telling you, He will clear your airwaves where you can begin to receive the breath of God in your life and in your family again. So the next thing is they say, well, Cricket, how do I clear the airwaves? Well, step two in is that the way you clear the airway is you position and tilt the head back. You say, Cricket, I don't know how to deal with this. I've been struggling with it a long time. This is the secret. Tilt your head back. Everybody do it right now. Tilt your head back. See, when you tilt your head back, you can only look in one direction. And that's how you get help. You say, Cricket, how do I get help? My help comes from the Lord. You might have been struggling in this.